your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 friends. Happy Friday and welcome to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLovingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoyed this episode and want to catch up on any episodes you haven't heard already or you want to stay up to date on the latest episodes of Locked on Jets, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's show, we are going to be taking a look around the league as we head into another day of action tomorrow where the Jets will actually play again. At the end of this episode, I'll probably preview a little bit about what we can expect from tomorrow's game against the Vancouver Canucks, which will be at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. local. Yet another late game, which is always great for me because I have to stay up very late to watch this team, and it's always a very fun, complicated process of trying to hammer out a recap at like 1 a.m. in the morning. Thanks for that, NHL. Really appreciate the 9 p.m. start times. Enough about my grousing, though. The uh, The schedule over the past couple of days has mostly been on and off every other day. You know, one day they'll have like a ton of games, and then the next day there's basically one or two games, and that's about it. Yesterday, we had Pittsburgh and Boston opening the evening with a 4-1 win for Boston. I think Pittsburgh really struggled to generate much, and Boston didn't really create all that many opportunities either, but the combined efforts of Patrice Bergeron, Sean Corrales, Chris Wagner, and the Pens' defense gave Boston the edge in this game, and again, Boston has won another great game, continuing their four-win streak. After David Pasternak was apparently out yesterday, it does sound like he'll be back over the next couple of games. His absence was surely noted while he was out. He's one of their top goal scorers and surely one of the biggest offensive threats in the NHL. What Pasternak can do is truly amazing, and it's kind of surprising that Boston, despite not really scoring all that many goals over the first couple of games, kind of figured out a formula that works for them and ended up being able to create enough offense to get through a somewhat challenging start to the season. They struggled to create a lot of even-strength scoring opportunities that they actually converted on, and then, you know, of course, they had to rely on Tuka Rosk for a number of these games, and so far they're 5-1-1. One, and one. When you consider that they have struggled a little bit at first to finish some of those opportunities in early games, not too bad of a start. Up next, we have the New York Rangers beating Buffalo 3-2 in overtime, which is kind of funny because I think, you know, the Rangers are not exactly great, and the Sabres have been playing pretty decent hockey. I tend to think that right now Buffalo is still a little bit unlucky. They have a very strong team. I think that that top line of, uh, you know, Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, and Sam Reinhart has a lot of great skill. Where I kind of think the Sabres may be struggling a little bit is that across your lineup, you're going to need a lot of good scoring depth. And I feel like they're a little bit top-heavy right now. I think that they play well enough, but as far as, like, depth scoring is concerned, something that Winnipeg actually has in spades, I think the Sabres don't quite have it just yet. The signs under the surface look pretty decent. I think that this is a team eventually will start to find a little bit more fortune, a little bit more puck luck, and actually convert on some of these chances. There are genuinely promising signs that things are maybe turning in the right direction, but, you know, expected goals and expected goals for percentage, still not exactly actual goals, and in Buffalo's case, they really haven't been able to convert a lot of those great chances into actual wins yet. It's a very tough road for them without a a really high-end scoring roster, and then you've got Jeff Skinner on the fourth line, who 
yeah, actually has been doing pretty decently with Curtis Lazar. And while that role may be working for him right now and he's able to turn some of those players into really good scoring uh, finishers because he's been a great setup guy, I also think that you look at that and think, you know, you're paying this guy almost $10 million to be one of your top six goal-scoring players. Even though he's playing a very effective role in the minutes that he's being given right now, you'd have to think that there is probably something of an opportunity cost. The Sabres, at least for the time being, though, can rest their head on not being as bad as they were over the past couple of seasons. Far from it, in fact. Even Rasmus Ristolainen is looking pretty decent, which I think a lot of people weren't really anticipating, but maybe Kruger has figured out something and they've got a little bit more mojo going. Up next, we've got the Philadelphia Flyers versus the New Jersey Devils, and Philadelphia beat New Jersey 3-1. Not a super shocking result, even though Philadelphia is without a number of centers. I believe Sean Couturier is still sidelined, and Morgan Frost, of course, got injured with a dislocated shoulder. That roster still has enough to get through. I do think that their defense is probably a little bit on the weak side, outside of guys like Gostas Bear and, uh, of course, Trevor Samheim and Philip Myers. Myers, I believe, is also injured. They're running a little bit thin. You know, you've still got Provorov, but I think that that defense in general has struggled to carry the load. Sandheim, Provorov, and a couple of other guys are trying to stitch things together, but you've also got Eric Gustafson. And Gustafson is, well, a lot of his value is basically on the power play and not many other places. He's kind of what I thought Neil Pionk would be, except Pionk actually worked out his issues at even strength. Gustafson is basically something of a metaphorical glass cannon when it comes to conceding a lot of opportunities and not really being uh, defensively aware, so to speak. Incredibly, if you can believe it, the first goal of the game for the Flyers was Nate Prosser, who I was actually thinking had retired already. I can't believe he's still playing in the NHL. He somehow got a contract. Congrats to him for being a journeyman player who has continued to make the bank. Not something you see often, I'll say that. And then we get to the uh, most exciting game of the evening. I, in my opinion, I would say it's probably the most exciting, and that is Washington versus the Islanders. Now, New York opened a 3-0 lead in, like, the first period, and then the second period happened, and the Islanders just kind of collapsed. I don't really know why Washington suddenly started to create a little bit of havoc, but Connor Shady scored really quickly, bagged himself two rapid goals that ended up putting Islanders in a real tailspin, and then they conceded a third goal on the power play, I believe it was to John Carlson, before the Caps just started to pull away and eventually put a, a 6-3 stamp on this game. If you're the Islanders, I think you're starting to realize that in a season that's supposed to favor you in some respects because you have a pretty decent roster, you're playing in division against opponents you're familiar with, and there's a shortened run, you would hope that this core would be able to handle things. But I think what they're finding out very quickly is that core is very old. The past couple of seasons have been win-now mode for the Islanders, and unfortunately that is starting to catch up. This team is just not really built for the long term, and even though they've got guys like Matt Barzal and a few other really talented players... You know, Trotz isn't really going to be able to turn this team into, like, a magical contender. He maybe had a really good run in the first couple of seasons, but I think this team's vulnerabilities and roster weaknesses are definitely starting to show, and the Caps kind of dummying them a little bit for two periods makes you start to ask questions about what exactly the direction of the season is going to be. The Islanders still have potential to be at least a mid-table contender, but I don't know if they really have much in the tank left for any sort of playoff run. They aren't the only team in that similar situation, though. Up next, we're going to take a look at some of the other games from around the league, including some contenders in the playoff scene that are maybe having a bit of an uneven start to the season. But before then, I thought you should know a little bit about why you need to make Built Bar the only protein bar you ever buy. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, by now you know I'm a big Built Bar fan. If you've never had a Built Bar, it's a protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. Of the 12 original flavors, I highly recommend raspberry and mint brownie as two of your basic starting points, but if you can't decide, be sure to check out their variety box so you get all 12 original flavors, plus their six brand new flavors. Six new flavors, you might be wondering? What are they? Well, 
Bilpar isn't content to rest on its laurels and is back and better than ever with six new flavors including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. I think lemon almond cheesecake might be my personal favorite, but apple almond crisp was also delicious. There's just no way you really can go wrong with any of these choices. And best of all, each Bilt Bar is 200 calories or less, between 50 to 19 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in fiber, and high in protein, so they're perfect for keto diets as well as weight loss and weight maintenance programs. To place your order, go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. This episode, we're reviewing some of the stuff that happened over the past couple of days of NHL action, and we'll get back to that coverage in just a moment. But before then, I thought you should know about why you need to be listening to Locked on Today. Get more of the sports news you need and less time with our new Locked on Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Speaking of news from around the sports world, we're continuing our NHL review coverage from the past couple of days of action. We left off with the Islanders blowing a 3-0 lead to Washington, and now we are on to a much less exciting game of sorts. We have Carolina beating Tampa Bay in overtime, courtesy of a Martin Nietzsche goal. Nietzsche scoring is kind of funny because he's actually one of the guys that I think was linked originally to the Line A trade when it came down to Carolina's side of the deal. It sounded like Nietzsche, Brett Pesci, and something else were part of a package that was what Winnipeg wanted out of the Canes. I've heard a lot of people kind of have mixed opinions on Nietzsche, so I think he's a very good middle six forward, maybe with some top six upside. I don't know if he's much more than that right now, but Brett Pesci was obviously the biggest get there and would have been a pretty big addition to this blue line for the Jets. But of course, we got Pierre-Luc Dubois instead, and I can't say that I'm particularly upset about that outcome. I have a lot of faith in Dubois, and I think he's going to do very big things for this team. Up next, we also had, speaking of uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Columbus Blue Jackets beating the Florida Panthers 3-2 in a shootout. What's kind of funny is I think Columbus actually had a 2-0 lead, and then Florida came back and tied it getting very close to trying to make that game theirs, and then they still lost in the shootout just because they could not solve, I don't know if it was Corpus Allo or Merzlikens, but uh, Columbus's goaltending duo right now might be the best part of that team. I don't know if they're all that great. I mean, they're like, okay, you know, Jack Roslevic is going to be some kind of a contributor there. He actually played tonight, which we'll get to in a little bit, but that squad is definitely missing a dose of top six talent and losing Dubois and not having Line a immediately to fill in until a couple of days later is going to be a bit of a, a task for them to try and figure out what to do. As the night wore on, we started to get more of the uh, the western side of North America, and so we started to see teams like Calgary, LA, um, and then you know a couple of teams that are maybe in other time zones like Montreal. And Calgary and Montreal had another face-off. Montreal won 4-2. I think it was a fairly decent win for the the Habs. I don't think they really struggle against Calgary too much. The thing with the Flames that's going to be difficult for that team is, you know, their defensive's kind of suspect. Their goaltending is not great. It's basically Riddick and whoever else is the backup. Um, in the top six, I mean, aside from Johnny Goudreau and a couple of other really good players like Elias Lindholm and if, uh, I think uh, Andrew Mangiapane, maybe Sean Monaghan, I mean, that team... It's got okay depth, but it's not great, and I think that their roster, it's a little bit heavy and a little bit slow. Sometimes it's given the Jets fits in the past. I think, you know, Matthew Duchuk is obviously a phenomenal player, but aside from that, I don't know. They just don't really play particularly inspiring hockey. You know, you, you put that team against a, a squad like the Habs that play really fast counters, really great cross-seam puck passing, um, fast deployment on the power play, big shooters on the back end. 
just a lot of really good skill sets that make the Habs such a well-rounded team. If the goaltending can hold up and the defense improves a bit, I mean, the Habs might be the best team in Canada. I've said that before. I think that they already own that title just by virtue of being as good as they are, but certainly, you know, there are some things that they need to work on. One team that's also flying a bit under the radar, aside from Montreal, is the Minnesota Wild, who continue to be very good. They beat the Kings 5-3, and of course you might say, well, the Kings aren't that great, but actually LA is not a bad team in the way that they play. Uh, You know, obviously their roster depth is not great, and there are a lot of gaps and holes on that team to fill, but generally speaking, I think the Kings have done a much better job than you'd anticipate for a team that should be basically in full rebuild mode like it is now. The Wild, on the other hand, are genuinely playing good hockey with like a very nice, well-balanced roster and quite a bit of depth up and down the lineup, which is getting a lot of really great defensive results and getting some decent scoring contributions. I don't know if I want to read too much into it yet because, again, it's only a few games into the season, but this is probably inspiring for a lot of Wild fans who expected a very bad year. Kirill Kaprizov probably has something to do with that. I mean, his emergence has definitely been a huge boost to that offense, but just in general, it seems like the Wild are doing pretty okay. Another team that was a rival in the typical Central Division against Minnesota and is now just in the regular new version of the the Central, I guess, uh, is Dallas, and of course they played Detroit. Now Detroit has had an okay start to the season relative to their expectations, but they're still going to lose a lot of games, and Dallas kind of smoked them 7-3. The Stars are going to have a bit of a rocky start just because they were later than pretty much everyone else, and of course... You know, some of their players had COVID, so I think a lot of guys are starting to get up to strength. But in the past couple of games, they've scored a boatload of goals. It may just be starting out against really weak competition, but if Dallas is in fact capable of creating lots of even strength offense and scoring on the power play like they've shown so far, maybe they have a a shot at winning that division. I mean, the Central is pretty difficult to get much standing in, so, you know, I I don't know if you're really going to supplant a team like Tampa Bay, but hey, Dallas is going to give it a shot. The last game we'll talk about before we pause for a moment is Colorado versus San Jose, and Colorado ended up shutting out San Jose 3-0. I think at this point we all know that the Sharks are probably ailing a lot more than, you know, you would expect from a team from just a couple of seasons ago who actually were in the Stanley Cup Finals in, like, you know, four or five years ago. Kind of crazy that they've fallen so far, but this is how the league works. The Jets are only, what, like three years removed from their attempt at a cup run, and that didn't really last very long, so your window does shut quickly, and they already had a very old core in San Jose. I think what we're seeing now is, yeah, eventually that stuff kind of catches up. And of course, Colorado has a very young, fast, speedy roster with great goal-scoring talent, a really dangerous top six, and a rapidly de-aging blue line with a lot of offensive talent. So that team's going to be an absolute menace, and once they go back to the regular Central Division after this season, that Colorado squad's going to be a pain in my butt to watch against the Jets. They have offensive talent for days, and they can definitely trade scoring chances pretty comfortably because more than likely they're going to score more than you do. There were a few more games on the evening, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and I'll also talk about what we might expect from Vancouver versus Winnipeg, which is going to be later this evening. At least by my time, it's still probably tomorrow by your time. Before we get too far, though, I did want to tell you about why BetOnline.ag is the only place you should do your online betting. Everyone listening to this, unless for some reason you're crazy and just really want to hear my voice, you're probably a Winnipeg Jets fan of some sort, or even just a regular hockey fan. But a lot of you also probably follow a lot of other sports, and maybe you're really into NFL action. Well, right now is probably one of the hypest times of the year for you, because guess what? The Super Bowl is really just a, a handful of days away. Whether you think Tom Brady's upstart young bucks can somehow pull off a miracle with a veteran center returning for one last shot at a Super Bowl title, or maybe you think the, the Kansas City Chiefs are back to defend their crown, the safest, most reliable place to put your money where your mouth is is betonline.ag. 
They have all the money lines, straight bets, and parlays you could possibly want. And they've got you covered for everything from Bundesliga, German football, to NHL ice hockey action. No matter your sports fandom, BetOnline.ag has your back. Get in on the action and create your free account at BetOnline.ag, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. There are a few teams that were winners on the night for uh, Thursday and into today, which was Friday. But before I tell you about those wins, I think you need to hear about some betting wins. 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start with a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want even more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Now for our last few games of action. We have Anaheim versus Arizona. Arizona took that one 3-2. I think Anaheim at this point is just kind of clinging to dear life. They got absolutely dominated, and somehow John Gibson kept them in this game. Dude could probably have a shelf full of trophies, a Vezina trophies that is, at this point in his career, and I don't think anyone would hold it against him. Then Vancouver, after kind of struggling against the Ottawa Senators early, started to peel away and scored a, a bunch of goals in the power play and stuff to make it 4-1, which... I think Ottawa has really struggled to kind of convert their decent play, actually, into actual goals and stop conceding. It's a very young lineup with not a whole lot of roster depth, so not super shocking. Matt Murray and Marcus Hogberg are not exactly a goaltending duo to rely on, so tough road for them. And of course, Tim Stutzla is still injured, so they probably won't see him for at least a couple more games unless he suddenly recovers miraculously and comes back. We've also got more Canadian division action between Toronto and Edmonton. Very back-and-forth game. Edmonton almost came back in this one, but ended up losing 4-3. Dude, the Oilers are just really not that good past the top six. I think once you get away from those first two lines, Edmonton's lack of roster depth and supporting cast just really starts to show, and it's a shame that McDavid's best years are going to be squandered because this team couldn't be ours to put together a better roster without wasting a ton of cap space, time, and money. So, unfortunate, but that's the situation. They're probably going to lose a lot of games like this where they're able to score quite a few but still concede many. It's like watching a less deep, crappier version of the Jets, so for all my grousing about Winnipeg, I will say that they are 100% way more enjoyable than watching the Oilers. Tonight's game was uh, another very boring one. We had Columbus again versus Chicago, and both teams were kind of allergic to offense for most of the game. Columbus ended up sneaking out 2-1 on the road. They seriously need Patrick Laine on that team like yesterday. I mean, Columbus, again, doesn't have a whole lot of scoring depth, and of course, benching Pierre-Luc Dubois and then trading him away for the time being isn't going to fill that hole, and Jack Roslovic's not really at the level where he's going to replace what PLD brought to that team. Roslovic's had a couple of early games so far, and he doesn't really had a significant impact. Again, I think he's like a third liner on that squad. I don't know that his ceiling is ever going to be more than like a middle six player. It is what it is. He didn't really pan out, but... I'm not 100% sure Columbus is going to be the place that unlocks some sort of hidden potential. Those are all the games that have happened already. Now we're talking a little bit about Vancouver versus the Jets, which will be an interesting one. I think Vancouver is one of those teams that doesn't really have, uh, I don't know, a great even strength record. I I know that their score lines have looked okay in a lot of games, but we also saw not that long ago they got absolutely dusted by Montreal. So I think Vancouver has a lot of issues keeping possession of the puck, uh, a lot of defensive miscues. The goaltending between Holtby and Demko is probably, you know, decent enough, but when they're constantly being left, you know, hung out to dry by that really bad blue line, I don't really know if this suddenly decent offense for the Jets team is going to have too much trouble. I anticipate Winnipeg winning like 4-2. 
That is, if Hellebuck stops surrendering some sloppy goals, I think he probably wants to have better performances himself, and I'm not really going to be mad at him. I, I can't be. He's been fantastic for this team for the past season or so, so not really going to be upset. Uh, it does sound like Tucker Pullman may be back for the team. He did come off of the COVID list, and it sounds like they moved a couple of guys to the taxi squad. I think Logan Stanley might have been one of them, so we'll see Pullman probably draw back in. Pullman is probably a little bit more mobile than Stanley is, and that's definitely necessary with a partner like Nate Beaulieu, who's really struggled this year. I don't know if that pairing is going to be much more than like a decent third pairing, but Tucker, you know, he's been away from the rink for a couple of weeks, so we'll see what he looks like when he comes back. I just can't wait for Pierre-Luc Dubois to become a Jed and, and really boost this offense. I think he's got so much potential for this team, and I'm very excited to see what he can bring. That's going to do it for my thoughts on this episode, though. Our next episode will probably be on Sunday. We may have a guest talking about the Patrick Liney trade from our Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets show. But of course, the main focus will be recapping what happens against the Vancouver Canucks. Hopefully, it's a fun time and I don't have anything bad to report. For now, though, that's going to do it tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Before you log off, be sure to check out the Locked On National Podcast for all of your daily news updates. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.